You are looking live at the Picasso Room of the Yates Estates, Pacific Palisades, California, for this edition of the Bob and Kel Clevercast for the week of September 14th. Big NFL game tonight, Eagles-Vikings in Philadelphia. Fun fact for you. Oh, I haven't done the sponsors yet. Sorry. <laughs> Fairmont Hotel providing the stationery for today's show. And a place for Joan. You'll notice that Joan London doesn't do the place for mom commercials anymore because Joan is, is running to her own issues with, you know, being elderly and failing and doddering and whatnot. So I suggest we find a place for Joan. If you'd like to, uh, any of the viewers would like to uh, email me your suggestion at my own personal email of iheartannybaker at gmail.com. Uh, have at it. My personal pick for Joan London, age 72, is Ipanema. I think Joan would enjoy being surrounded by high-rise luxury condominiums on white sand with lots of leggy brown women in, in uh, thongs uh, playing volleyball and, uh, and then hunky brown uh, guys with uh, thin mustaches running around looking hot and gay. I just think Joan London would enjoy that kind of change of pace. Others may differ. You may be thinking Berlin uh, or uh, Mexico City, Chippewa Falls, uh, the Quad Cities in Iowa. Where would Joan London uh, choose to serve out her uh, remaining days? A place for Joan. I've already registered it as a, uh, a company uh, on the New York Stock Exchange. Ace for Joan. shit with us. Uh, so anyway, those are our two sponsors. Good. Now, fun fact. Kirk is Cousins fun. is 2-16 and 16 against teams with winning records on primetime TV. 2-16. Oh. and 16. Paul Charchin this morning on my handicapping show on Sportsnet LA um, predicted a blowout tonight, even though apparently half the Eagles are missing. Yeah. So um, – and it's on Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon Prime, yeah. how, how do you see the game? Do you go to a bar that has it? You, what yes. The, the locals can watch it on their local TV. It's on Fo uh, Minneapolis Fox tonight. And I think Philly has the same situation. How do you? How can it be on Minneapolis Fox if Amazon They're, Prime... I know, right? I, I don't know either. It's just, it's. I looked at the... I looked at the TV schedule tonight on the TV guide on the television, and it says that the Vikings game is on. They're just they're broadcasting it. They have the broadcast rights in the local markets to put it, it must, on. There must be some sort of special arrangement. There must be some palms greased or oh yeah, some groins greased or something like that. Is Al Michaels still to read my T-shirt? It's a Russ Meyer faster pussycat kill kill T-shirt. Oh, nice. A real uh, a collector's item. I read. I just read. Uh, I read his bio. This. Uh, this summer it's pretty good pretty entertaining russ was apparently quite the tyrant to no one's surprise speaking of movies very exciting news um negotiations are underway to bring the writer and director of uh, the movie i saw last week on tubi in vancouver called hello lonesome to the podcast for an hour-long interview his name is adam reed and uh it's like he's been doing it for 30 years 
I mean, there's nothing about the movie Hello Lonesome that would have you scratching your head going, I wonder what they uh, meant by that, or uh, boy, that was a bad cut. Just every move is true. Gentleman knows where to put the camera, and so hopefully he'll agree to come on and chat with us about how the movie came to be. Among the stars, Sabrina Lloyd of Sports Night, if you remember that Aaron Sorkin series, uh, Lynn Cohen, the late, great Lynn Cohen, uh, a number of other people. If you haven't seen it, I think it's free on Tubi, P-U-B-I platform. So um, that'll be your homework between now and uh, and next week. Hmm. Uh, also, um, the other exciting news I had was, um, I think it was, I think it just had to do with reading, reading around, literacy in general. Uh, since the last time I saw you, I came downstairs about five in the morning one time, sleeping my eyes, glasses dirty, looking through the wrong bifocal. And saw the first bullface name I saw was Amal Clooney, George Clooney's wife. Okay, right. but through the through the foggy bifocals that early in the morning with the sleep in my eyes, it looked like anal, anal Clooney. And I thought, oh my god, what a fantastic idea for a name of a punk band. Oh, so I registered it immediately with the Writers Guild Registration Center as their website here in LA. And it, as it turns out, I had been stockpiling names of punk bands to sell in case punk bands came to me and said, Bob, we need a name. Also stored there are names like Slow Toaster, Long Dirty Toenails, and my favorite, Zosia Mamet's Goddamn Horse. Back in uh, the early days of COVID, uh, there was a, an article in The New Yorker about Zosia Mamet buying a horse. A rich girl gets a pony. Who gave a damn? Mm -hmm. And I uh, wrote The New Yorker an angry letter as if I were Ben Stiller in Greenberg. And the rest is history. I thought you might have saw Anal Clooney on Pornhub. Interesting you should bring that uh, up. Uh, I was the center of controversy this morning nationally when I was, again, reading. I was reading the Washington Post website, and there was a story about Princess Martha Louise of Norway and her upcoming nuptials with a... Um, smooth-talking, slow-walking uh, African-born shaman from Great Britain. They're about to be married. And so, you know, me with the flip comment, I go to the comment section. Well, you in the I, comment it, section. It, it, if anybody wants to see it, uh, go to the comment section for this particular story in the Washington Post, and you'll see a man named Bob Yates saying, I think I saw these two on Pornhub. <laughs> I immediately, and then somebody responds by saying, LOL, what category? And I came back and said, well, I think it was either BBC or um, uh, interracial. BBC, of course, stands for Big Black Who's It What's It's. And uh, I immediately heard from the Washington Post by email to tell me that I have been banned oh, no. from their website comments for seven days. I can't comment on a Washington Post article for seven days, which now means that I've been banned in St. Paul by the Pioneer Press. Okay. I wear that as a badge of honor. Sure. And I've been banned by the San Francisco Chronicle. Now think of that for a second. Banned in San Francisco, a city where they shoot up and die on the street right in front of you. The men have anal sex in the aisles of the bookstores. A guy goes into Paul Pelosi's house in the middle of the night, hits him on the head with a hammer. I've, I've been banned no. in San Francisco. I just find that hilarious. No, it's crazy. But just reading around. There's all kinds of ways to get into trouble, to have fun just reading. Oh, it's a blast. Anal Clooney and uh, uh, Washington Post, uh, uh, Martha Louise. Her name is Princess Martha Louise of Norway. She's getting married. 
before you got banned, did you get a plug in for the podcast? Oh, uh, you know what? I should have been. I didn't. Oh, I think if you I love these comments, sort of, check us out. I think there's some sort of unofficial uh, cooperation with uh, Pornhub. Uh, they've been mentioned so many times on this uh, particular uh, website that I, I think they've entered into an unofficial cooperation agreement with us. Right. So, and then um, I was going to ask you, uh, uh, I was going to tell you a couple of things about books I've been reading around in. One was a new book about the Almond Brothers. Fun fact, and this is what I learned from just reading around in it. I don't read it cover to cover. I just skim it like it's a magazine. Oh. I put my finger down and I read a fun fact. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm locked Barry in. Barry Oakley, the second Almond Brother to die of a motorcycle wreck. Okay. He didn't get the memo sent out by Dwayne Almond. Right. Not of his motorcycle. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. The girlfriend of Barry Oakley had been married to John Densmore, drummer for the Doors. Right. And after Barry Oakley died, she went on to become the ex-wife of Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night. Oh, she got around. That's a trifecta <laughs> right there. She preferred. Oh, that reminds me. This shaman who's marrying uh, Princess Martha uh, Stewart or Martha Louise or whatever it is of uh, Norway <laughs> says that women who have been too active sexually develop imprints on their lower body, like parking oh. lot dings <laughs> that have to be knocked out at some sort of transcendental body shop. The guy well, is wacky. You can just tell that he's is a, he's a silver tongued devil and he's taking his princess to the cleaners. You've heard of rejuvenation, correct? You know, isn't yes. that what it is? Knocking the dance yes. out of there? Yeah. I think okay. it started out here, yeah. Okay. That and fat freezing uh, started uh, in L.A., yeah. Fat and freezing. then one other fun fact I learned just from reading around in a book it's about crazy. female ab abstract expressions, my favorite one, Joan Mitchell, uh, she was to the manor born in Chicago, and her father was the preeminent dermatologist of that era. This would be 1920s and 30s, okay? This man... Well, I'm trying to think of what his name was now. Obviously, his last name was Mitchell. But a dermatologist, matter of fact, head of the American Dermatological Association. He knew his skin diseases, okay? I would have thought that the mob would have wanted someone to treat Capone for uh, urological stuff because Capone had syphilis. They kidnapped this dermatologist, put a black hood over his head, and drove him to Capone so he could treat Capone's syphilis. So help me God. Just reading nuts? around. You're just, just reading, reading around. around. Just knocking around various neighborhoods, various literary neighborhoods. Have you read anything recently in a magazine or a book or no. anything that, that would be of interest to us? I don't know. I'm just re now reading the Elvis Costello bio. Um, oh, man. Maybe maybe someday he'll write an epilogue for that. He'll come back in a future edition and write an epilogue as to why he appeared at the Greek theater recently when he had no voice. And took our money anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just always amazed that the, his he's with how, how long has he been with Diane Krall now? About ten. Years? I got to believe like 25 years. Did 25. he say anything in there about her maybe going down on the first date, <laughs> putting out on the first date? How did that? I I haven't gotten her that in that point. vein. Kind of he jumps around. I'm in kind of the Beatles years when he was hobnobbing around with Sir Paul and such. So it's kind of interesting. What about on, on Saturday Night Live when he told him he was going to do a certain song yes. and then switched gears and did the other song and was banned from Saturday Night Live? I know. I'm excited to hear that too. I'm, I'm wanting to hear that story. So yeah, there's some good now stuff. That, that's, 
right there. Yeah. That's a band to tell your grandkids about. Yeah. Being banned from the San Francisco Chronicle, the Washington Post, St. Paul Pioneer Press. That's nothing. That's small potatoes. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't puff my chest about that, but I'm going to. You should. Tell me something about the literacy in your home. Uh, I've been curious about this because I really admire the aptitude of people who are at the very least bilingual. I couldn't get the hang of being bilingual. My Monday night Spanish class uh, in college started in what year? 1969, which also started in what year? Monday night football. Never went to class. So I did not learn uh, much Spanish as a result. And I've always admired the ability, no matter what the person was, what the language was, to know a different word for forehead, hair, eye, nose, mouth, in another language. That just, that and uh, how to play musical instrument, that aptitude has always just blown my mind. Did your wife tell you at what age she was when she first became fluent in English? Yeah, I mean, she came over here when she was 15 years old as a foreign exchange student. Um, so she was quite fluent by that point. I would say she was in her early early teens, maybe late tweens. Crazy. Because yeah. I uh, uh, do business across sneeze shields with people at Ralph's Delis here, Ralph's Grocery Delis, uh, who are Hispanic. And you can tell that only within recent years have they learned the language. And they're so proud to be able to speak to you in your own language. It really, it does my heart good. Uh, and I just, again... On the tennis tour, I knew guys who spoke four or five languages who came from Europe. Cliff Drysdale from South Africa spoke Dutch because mm. that's the language there, just like Portuguese is in Brazil. Jose Mourinho from the soccer world um, speaks five or six languages because when you grow up in Europe, like he did in Portugal, everybody next door speaks a different language. It's like Texas in this country might have a different language from Oklahoma or New right. Mexico or sure. Louisiana. So you have to learn them all if you're going to get around Europe and, you know, well, communicate with anybody. Think about your typical soccer team, about everybody. Spe- every, there's a person from every country on a team. And so it's like got to be like a Babel situation where everybody is, you know, trying to communicate without being. I mean, of course, they probably know words that uh, are kind of universal, but still, that's just amazing. To yeah. the, ref, the ref has got different languages being yelled at him at different times during a game. Yeah. When I see somebody playing a musical instrument, playing it well, wouldn't have to play it well, just trying it, I think, takes balls. Mm -hmm. Uh, I admire that kind of courage and aptitude, just like coming to another country and learning their language. She didn't know a word of English before she arrived here. Um, I mean, she when when she yeah, I don't think so. I think she knew. No, I think she studied. She studied as in, in grade school. And then when she came here, I mean, she graduated high school in Paradise, California. I didn't know that. Yeah. Paradise, yeah. The paradise that burned? Yes. Isn't that crazy? She went wow, there. She see went what to that. you can learn just by reading around? Reading around. Reading people's thoughts and asking talk, a question. Just asking a to simple them question. Reading around in their books. Yes. She got out of paradise just in time. She did. That, she went back to Argentina, was... started going to college there. And then she came back here at um, you know, eventually and met me, and the rest is history. And the rest is frequent flyer miles history, apparently. Oh, yes. Paradise, California. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist. It, it burned. It was leveled. Well, 
I mean, it's That's nuts. disaster follows this woman around. There was paradise. And then night she, she arrived in the U.S. right after 9-11. And then, of course, the greatest disaster, Kel Gratke. Well, I was just going to ask, uh, is her green card uh, displayed in a place of honor in the home? <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. It should be, but it isn't. Was she um, was she under the gun to learn English and start assimilating with Americans or would she be shipped back or could a person come here in those days and say, I'm pulling up stakes. I want to be an American and I'm going to learn English. How did that go? I don't know. That's it's an interesting thing. I mean, as long as I've known her, she's spoken very good English. So it's like I'm I'm always impressed. Um, I think she just she she you always learn more in that when you're speaking in the country that you want to learn to speak like I've never spoken more Spanish than when I went to Argentina. That was a chance to be immersed. You have to be immersed in the in the world. Right. Well, your children went to immersion schools, right? Correct. Correct. Yep. They're both fluent. So, I mean, they don't. That's awesome. Much, but so they, they can, when, your children can speak fluent English and Spanish. Correct. They're dual citizens. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Pretty cool. Brazil with the Portuguese, South Africa with the Dutch, and uh, the other countries, you know, that have their own. Well, like there's a supposedly in Switzerland, there's a, a kind of French or there, there's okay. a Swiss French and there's a there are several different kinds of languages within certain countries. It's just, you know, the 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 challenge to the intellect. I just don't I don't have the metal to. Well, you must know a little Yiddish, don't you? I was able to speak fluent Monday night football after the year 1969. <laughs> I remember the the first game to this day, Joe Namath leading the uh, New York Jets uh, well. into Cleveland to do battle with the Cleveland Browns. And speaking of the Jets, how's that for a segue? No. Here's how I think it sounded at halftime this past Monday night. Oh, little impression. <laughs> Here's Aaron Rodgers. Standing in front of these four behemoths who pre pretended to be his offensive line. He's got the ski boot on and whatnot. Mm -hmm. He's grimacing in pain and he says, for the last seven months, you had one job. And that was to come up with various offensive schemes to counter defensive schemes to protect your elderly quarterback. You had one job. And it lasted four plays? Mm-hmm. From what Four I understand, plays. yeah, from what I understand in Hard Knocks, you ever seen the the HBO show Hard Knocks? I heard about it, but I've never watched it. One of the big deals was they were basically riding the offensive line saying, you guys better get your act together because uh, you are the reason that this needs, this can continue to happen. And of course, they failed miserably. I feel sorry for little Zach Wilson. He's, his name is being taken in vain all over the world. Oh, I know it. You know, you want to talk about people who know different languages all around the world and 240 different languages. Zach Wilson, I'm, really? I'm, you know, I'm still everybody's saying that. I'm still not convinced Rogers was going to be the end all be all to get take them to the Super Bowl, but I guess probably better than Zach Wilson, I guess. What ridiculous speculation, too, that his oh, is his career over? Of course it's over. He's 40 <laughs> right. years old. But he's he said he's gonna silly. rise from the ashes and do it again like a phoenix out of Arizona. <laughs> Did you see the quote? And I know he's a Trumper and all, but he's sounding more like Trump. I will rise yet again. And I'm going, all right, happy yeah. Easter. Right. And Trump's out there saying, 
I'm being indicted for you to save you from your sins. There's all these messiahs out there. I can't keep track of them. What's the drug of what's his drug of choice that he goes out into the desert and do? What is it? Ayahuasca? Which one are you talking about? Trump or uh, Rogers? <laughs> Rogers. I don't I don't know what uh, uh Aaron uh, uh I'm surprised uh, you don't know about Ayahuasca. You know about Ayahuasca? The... It's what the the hippies do out in the, in the oh desert. no uh, i think you're i think you're thinking of uh, uh ivermectin which is the horse warmer that he uh, uh proposed during during the pandemic oh. didn't he didn't he endorse ivermectin the horse warmer i don't during the know pandemic? about that i've been immunized he says remember that i've been immunized <laughs> that's true i do remember that yeah but, but i'm uh, surprised MacArthur. you don't know about ayahuasca kurt do you know about i ayahuasca? shall return Eisenhower, I will go to Korea. Rogers, I've been immunized. <laughs> Ivermectin, horse warmer. People were right. actually saying that that would cure you of COVID. And now here we are again, getting ready for the next COVID booster next month. Oh, the irony. You get the you horror. Get the, you get the booster, right? Um, I've had every shot that I can have. Okay. I've had a pneumonia vaccine i've had the shingles vaccine i've had the flu shot i've right. had all the covid shots i'm like a pin cushion i mean back in history did you get like a polio vaccine back in the day uh actually it came to me in a uh uh what do you call it penicillin stained sugar cube oh. like you would give to a horse for being good yeah we, we a got horse warmer we got to eat a, a sugar cube that was stained with um, with the vaccine, thanks wow. to um, Salk and um, Saban. Okay, the two, Salk and Saban, two, uh, the two great Jews of the uh, vaccine world. Nick Not Saban, Luke Saban, no. Oh, no. okay. Now he's got his own battles, by the way. Oh my goodness! According to I think what I saw of that first game against Texas. Oh, yeah, we were right. What do you think of this as a Christmas gift idea? I'm giving my uh, UT Longhorns grad uh, brother-in-law, I could say this in public because he doesn't watch the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm giving him for Christmas a $50 uh, ticket on the Texas Longhorns to win the national championship at eight and a half to one. What do you think of that? That's a nice gift. That's a nice gift. Yeah. And, and if they win, which he thinks that they're going to win the national championship, all he has to do is mail it in and back to him in the mail comes 500 bucks. Every awesome. time, every time I go to Vegas, I put on a, down a bet for my mom to go for the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. Never paid off yet. <laughs> I am an awesome brother-in-law. I think that's just a hell of a, hell of a gift. Yeah, that's a nice gift. Something else I found out by uh, reading uh, in the past week, just reading anything. I think it was, I think it was a pop-up ad on the New York Times website about uh, aging gracefully, the way to age gracefully. And so help me, they were portraying as the poster person for this movement or this topic of all people, Charles Theron. Hmm. You know the movie star. Yeah, right? of course. And I mean, I don't think if. What is she like in her mid forties and yeah. still looks in her mid twenties? She's yeah. she'll probably never age, right? 
Yeah. I mean, there was a while there. She was in just about every movie that was coming out. A little bit too yeah. much. Too much of her. Saturation uh, Charles. Well, mm-hmm. what was the uh, George Miller uh, uh, Road Warrior uh, thing from a few years ago? Mad that Max. I got some. Uh, Mad Max. Fury Road. Fury, Fury Road. Road. Yeah. She, she's been in those. Uh, she's been in those. Uh, what are those godforsaken Fast Fast Five, Fast and the Furious movies? The car she's in movies. That? Yeah. I thought, I thought that was, she better not uh, put her hands on uh, Michelle Rodriguez. I think Michelle Rodriguez is just the gold standard oh. for haughty Hispanic pulchritude. Yeah. Um, let's go back about 10 years to a place uh, in Malibu, at Point Doom Village called uh, Ollie's Duck and Dive. I'm there for lunch and to watch a soccer game. And behind me, the wall behind me is a mirror. Okay. This is 10 years ago. And so I'm just eating my lunch and I'm watching the TV, one of two TVs behind the bar that has a soccer game on, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. A figure comes into my peripheral vision, which I do not um, pay, I do not acknowledge. And it looks to be moving this way and that way and this way and that way, looking into the mirrored wall behind me at hmm. his or her reflection. Okay. Okay. Finally, I give up after, you know, five or 10 minutes of, you know, not acknowledging this person. I look, I just turn like two o'clock, Charlotte Theron. No. Checking her, yes, checking herself out in the mirror. This was during her Sean Penn year. Sean Penn was not with her, but I'm I'm looking at this and then she turns and walks away and then gets her friends and, and uh, leaves. And I'm just thinking, you know, if I was Charlotte Theron, my entire day would be nothing but one reflective surface after the next. Oh, yeah. Side mirror on the car, rear view mirror, full length dressing body mirror when I get home. Mm-hmm. I would want to get as much of myself. Oh, yes. You wouldn't leave your room. Per, per day as I could. Because uh, you would think that it's not going to last forever. Maybe there is some sort of magic elixir that will help her look that great forever. But I don't blame her is what I'm saying for being so narcissistic. How many of those back in the 80s, they had a lot of movies where guys jumped into women's bodies, you know, and had like living for a day as, you know, you know, I'm talking about like that, that whole, I don't know, Freaky Friday type stuff. But, yeah, I feel like that's (laughs) if that ever happened, a guy would not leave his room. He would just be there all day long, just ruining it. Well, I told you this last podcast. I think I did. That if I had a clitoris, you'd never see me again. You, you, you could good. call me and there would be no answer. You could text me and there'd be no reply. If yeah. if, uh, if nature had given men the clitorises, you'd never see oh, me again. Just give me a couple boobs and that's all I need. Goodness you, so, you would, so you would be the boob man and I would be the vagina man. <laughs> that's, quite, that's like two, that's like two, super, two new superheroes. We, we could be queer icons <laughs> at that rate. It sounds like a time. It sounds like time to call boob man, and boob man will call vagina man, and then he will ask his clitoris uh, where the big trouble is, and they'll go solve the crime, solve the problem. The porn version of Batman and Robin. Oh, porn version! Glad you mentioned it. I was uh, listening to. Um, there must not have been anything else to listen to in the way of music on any of the other serious channels, so I went to. It's like a musical history lesson. This Tuxedo Junction, which is music of the 40s, 
Okay. Well, technically, I used to play that music at KLBB before we joined forces at the turn of the century. And I'm just thinking, what if we fused this entertainment approach for radio to the profane Stern thing, the Howard Stern thing? What if you fused those and had a guy read a liner coming out of commercial, something like, and now more of the sounds your grandparents enjoyed while they were fucking? <laughs> Don't you think that would really, I think that would take off. Yeah, I think you're right. Because people don't think of their grandparents as sexual creatures. Of course But not. that had to have happened in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Well, you know, people were doing the oh. Charleston or whatever the cha-cha-cha or whatever the dances were back then. They were dancing lying down also. Right. And hence, the hence the baby boomers like yours truly. Well, I mean, I think, what about today's kid who thinks about their grandparents not being very sexual beings but that was the swing in 70s baby that's when they were no bras and free sex with anybody right back in the day the people who i have great difficulty unless i need to induce vomiting great yeah. difficulty um thinking of uh in the biblical way mm -hmm. uh the latest one is lauren bobert who was oh, asked gosh. to leave a, a performance of beetlejuice in denver Good God. Have you seen this footage? Yes. It's just, I don't understand what people are thinking. What, what a what class act, huh? What yeah. a class act. I don't like to think of her. And by the way, Vaping. the people who challenged her had to have recognized her and realized, oh, crap. I just talked some trash to a woman who's packing heat. She's got a gun in that purse. She tells everybody but, she's packing heat. But yet they got her out of there. Yeah. Without a, Good without for them. Her. Yeah, amazing. I'm just how do you vape? How do you vape in public in a theater in this day and time? The last time I saw this, Ben Kingsley was smoking a cigarette in an airplane in the movie mm -hmm. Sexy Beast, and they asked him to put it out, and he goes, Oh, this is this is run dog, I'm gonna take it out. And and so uh, uh Lauren Bobert says, Do you know who I am? I'm gonna call oh. your mayor, I'm gonna continue vaping and joking and singing uh -oh. and kissing this oh. guy I'm with. That's what made me ill out of the whole thing. The fact that they were getting chummy. Disgusting. I don't know. You can't even smoke in bars anymore. So I don't even, <laughs> it's, I don't know what she thought she was going to get away with. I, I was uh, uh, just glad uh, to, uh, I mean, the implication to me is, is that uh, in order to go out and enjoy themselves in Denver, they got a sitter for their teenage son who was just impregnated a 14-year-old girl. Yes. These are the new Palins, man. They're the new Palins. Did you know that I was the one who pitched a faux reality show called The Palins back in the day when The Palins were a big thing, Trig and Stick and Sarah and Jet and Pig and all those idiotic Alaskan names? I had actors cast as all of The Palins. Wow. Each episode would be a day in the life of The Palins. Where's Mom gone? Uh, she's uh, uh, killing wolves from a helicopter. What's it to you? Uh, the Palins. It would have been a fantastic show. Do you have you had Tina Fey, of course, as as Tina, or did you go with the? Um, no, you got to go with you got to go with unknowns, more realistic unknowns. Okay, don't you think? Yeah, I suppose. Who played her in the movie? That was um, ah, oh, shoot the the one woman Sarah from Palin. Boogie. Somebody played somebody played Sarah Palin in a movie. Yeah, uh, she was in Boogie Nights. What's her? Who am I? I'm blanking on her name. Julianne Moore. Yes, Julianne, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Yeah, was Sarah Palin. 
in one in an HBO, one of those HBO made for TV movies. Julianne yeah. Moore is a chameleon, isn't she? She's just yeah, a she freaking is. chameleon. Yeah. Wasn't she uh, a Gloria Steinem in that uh in that series about feminism? I think she was Gloria Steinem. Right. And then she was a dyke in that movie, uh The Kids Are All Right. She's a chameleon. Right. She does everything but change colors and, and turn her head it, 360 degrees away. Wasn't she in shortcuts too? Yes. Oh yes. You remember nice that one, scene, don't you think? Oh yeah. <laughs> now tell me what a boob man you are. Now that you've seen that 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 was that growing. That was one of my favorite Bob Oldies when you went on and on about shirt and no pants. That was one of your favorite scenes. You you ever seen that before? And you may never see it again. Very sexy look, isn't it? <laughs> we might have lost little, him. We might have lost him. T-shirt and a red bush, by the way, <laughs> natural redhead, red bush. Talking to somebody like it was just, you know, just shooting the shit. Yep. yep. Tw- 20 years ago, we couldn't say Red Bush on, on any type of media. Now we can. That's nice. Well, one of my best friends is Red Bush here in the complex. <laughs> so you, I- worked with, you worked with him in the 70s, didn't you? <laughs> I named, did, did we ever discuss how many punk bands I named? I mean, anal Clooney is just the least of it. I named Bad Brains. Circle mm. jerks. Mm. I named all of them except for the dead Kennedys. And yet, a scrawny kid named Eric, late 70s, came up to me in San Francisco and said, Bob, I understand that you name uh, punk bands. Uh, ours has already got a name, the dead Kennedys, but I need a name, a new name for myself. I said, Well, Eric, I just happen to have a combination of names here. Tell me what you think of this. How about a chilled, quivering dessert loved by children? and the elderly alike around the world, coupled with the most food-insecure uh, country on the planet, Jello Biafra. How would you wow. like to be known as that? that and he goes, you. oh, my God, Bob, you, you've hit the mother load. Thank you so much. How much do I owe you? And I said, I just, it's I just, just reading around. I said, it's on the house. Uh-huh. I tell Ordinarily, you, I would charge like 70 bucks. Oh, I know. You should have a side project. It's a side gig, as they call it these days. Side side hustle. Side boob. Oh, that's a that's a nice look also. <laughs> Don't you think? I mean, I, I think that really attractive women, there should be a... a no, not only to us, of course. We wouldn't want this to get out because it reflects right, poorly right. on us. The objectification of women. Uh take any attractive woman heralded by the rest of the universe is extremely attractive. Which vantage point do you prefer from the front, from the back or from the side? Oh, you're asking me. One of my, uh, one of my characters in uh, a long ago uh, unproduced script uh, said to the other, you know, uh, love is, how does this go? Never having to say you're sorry. No, love is, uh, um, uh, I forget, but, but the, the punchline was, uh, but it also uh, can look pretty damn good from the side. Oh, yes, yes. And um, and it can. Okay. The the trend now I see are the ones that kind of come up and you can see the under boob. Oh, the un- oh man, that's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> Men are so visual. <laughs> I mean, Men is, are so have they visual. Invent- is there anything they haven't invented yet? Some sort of scenes, some sort of view that we haven't even begun to think about. What do you think? I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you a, a side boob that is not necessarily uh, prominent, but still gets the point across. Have you finally gotten around to seeing the commercial for the little LSU gymnast 
who's doing the cartwheels on the beach and she's a spokesperson for something that starts okay. with a V and it's not what you think. Get your mind <laughs> out of the gutter. It's some sort of uh, cosmetic or I don't know. Uh, have okay. you seen this commercial? I don't think I have, but I'll have to Google it. And, uh, apparently it a cult has formed around this woman. Wherever she goes, wherever she does her a gymnastic thing for um, for LSU, mm -hmm. uh, they're like deadheads that um, that follow her wherever she goes because they just think, you know, she's oh. a cat. Olivia Dunn. It is right. How I, did you find that so quickly? I'll, I'll, I googled LSU gymnast commercial. But uh, you're such a, a wise man. I keep telling uh, millennials who puzzle over stuff, Gen Z puzzling over shit. I'm just going, it's in your phone, man. <laughs> just look in the phone. You, they but, have entire law libraries in that phone of yours. Just look in the phone. But it's I, right there, Olivia Dunn. But that's why we love you, because you still wonder about things. You could get the answer super fast, but I think you like to wonder and read around, if you know what I mean. Fun fact. I was the kid late in the movie American Beauty, lying on his back, looking at the clouds. <laughs> How long has it been since you did that? Oh, just, just go out in the backyard, lie on your back, and look at the clouds. I haven't done it in too long. It's very, yeah. It's just If you ever want to feel really small without taking drugs that would make you feel small, go lie down and look at the clouds as they move across the sky. And you'll realize what a small little particle in the universe you are. And uh, I, I used to do that as a child. And then, because it was right up my alley, I was so uh, practiced at it that I got the role. And the kid you see in American Beauty <laughs> is uh, me. Yeah. How was <laughs> it like? What was it like working with Kevin Spacey? He didn't touch well, you. Well, unfortunately, he did not come on to me. Oh. Okay. Or, or else... Or you else I could see him in court. Yeah. But I did enjoy working with uh, Annette Benning. Mm -hmm. And um, she was also in The Kids Are All Right. Wow. That's a dumb, that's you know. Right, she was. She yeah. was a dyke also, wasn't she? <laughs> she she was. like a dyke mother. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, a lesbian. <laughs> oh. See, that that's one thing I could say for Olivia Dunn. At least she plays for our team. Right. A lot of really great looking women out there, they play for the other team. And it's just such a source of grief for me i think the same i put in the same category as olivia dunn are those two little uh basketball players from miami the two blonde twins you know what i'm talking I've about i've not seen them miami oh. of, of florida yeah you might want to google them <laughs> really are they tall no are they're they not not at all they're about you know maybe if if they're five eight five ten somewhere around there they're not tall at all point guards yeah point wow. guard shooting guard yeah i think they're both i don't know how to describe it they were both making money because of that nil situation with the with the payment to the college students it's kind of crazy I did not I, know that yeah hey speaking of homosexuality i've always <laughs> wanted to ask somebody this <laughs> you remember the movie brokeback mountain uh yes that's a. I i never you? i have never seen it you know that in that damn kind it. of on kurt have you seen brokeback mountain nope damn it what do you have to ask? I've probably seen enough of like or once, read enough about it. Once uh, the, the the cloud of dust starts kicking up, once once they decide we're going to do this. OK, they're, they're going to get familiar and it's in a tent or a teepee or something. Hell, I don't know. It's a tent. But once it's like mutually decided upon in a wordless kind of way, there's a telepathic thing going on among the gay cowboys, apparently. 
And just all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And each knows exactly where to go. It's a passion. It wasn't discussed at all who was going to be pitching and who was going to be catching. Just they is fell that into, instinct? They fell into their roles. Are, are, is one reading from the other's uh, words or gestures uh, Body the language. position to assume? Huh? Re body language. Yeah. They're just, re well, they're just reading how around. Does that work? I'm probably uh, barking up the wrong straight man here. Uh, it's uh, probably but, not the thing to ask a heterosexual. Maybe about. we want a book. Do we want to get a homosexual on the show and just like interview them? Man, throw a stick, hit six of them out here. <laughs> so that would be no problem. <laughs> I would be glad to uh, have one on to help us with the mystery of the first love scene, the first sex scene in Brokeback Mountain. Both of those guys, by the way, were, are straight in real life, Gyllenhaal and the late, the late Heath Ledger. There is an element out here that says, if you're going to portray a gay guy, you better be a gay guy in real life, which to me is nonsense. Whatever happened to acting, you know? Did Al Pacino need to be a mob boss in order to play a mob boss? Please, don't insult my intelligence. But I'm just wondering how they went over the yeah. material with the uh, director Ang Lee uh, the producer, Bill Polad. How do you think we should play this? Would uh, Anus, I think that was his name, Anus or Ennis, <laughs> Anus. something like that. How would Anus know Anus and to penis. present his Ennis to uh, the other guy uh, as emotions reached a fever pitch? How would he know to do that? But, what if they accidentally assumed the wrong positions no. and knocked heads? Now, okay. That could I make for a bleeping blooper. I didn't see the movie. They didn't actually have sex, though, right? You just were just imagining it, or they went into the thing. They didn't like show them. These were the days before an intimacy coach, but I got to believe that there was no penetration right. between these two heterosexual actors. But it was pretty darn. Uh, it didn't have all the 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 Pornhub style caterwauling, but it did look uh, fairly convincing. What do you think it would be more difficult to pretend? For if you're two straight actors to pretend to have sex or to actually kiss, what do you think would be harder? I think the actual kiss would be difficult. Did you see the movie Cruising? Right. Well, I don't know Did about you... that one, but I've seen enough on any television show these days have two guys. Well, making that's true. Out. Even commercials. Right. Even commercials. Yeah. I mean, I just uh, like you know, I, I don't know. I'm not the guy to ask. The guy to ask would be the Spanish, uh, the Spanish head of their uh, soccer federation. You remember he knows all about kissing, unwanted yeah, kissing, but not same sex kissing. Yeah, uh, this is a question that you'll notice but, I did not ask you during the twenty questions for Kel Gradke podcast episode. Have, have you, you ever, ever kissed, kissed a man? another man? Yeah, yeah, that's a personal one. Um, but that's the thing. That's international, though. I feel grabbing a, one man, grabbing another man's hand, and planting a big kiss on his face—that's a European mm. thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm um, wrong. You know, I don't know. Uh, that's also a part of the world where they kiss once per cheek, right? Right, right. But I know the question you want to ask me, and the answer is one. I was a small child, and my cousin Reed and I decided to find out what it was like. And he spat Wait, in my the mouth. the Brokeback Mountain thing or the kiss thing? <laughs> that's the kiss thing. Oh, okay. We didn't know about pitching and catching. Uh, <laughs> well, we were just... That was the a different canoodling. pitching and catching was ball back in the day. We we're like five years old, Cal. Oh. And and just uh, very curious and figuring things out. Reading my mouth and it, yeah. 
putting me off kissing another man for the rest of my life. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain, you got to see that. That is, well, I mean, it's a super a drama. And and uh, I was going to say Anne Bancroft. No, uh, Anne um, Hathaway. Hathaway, yes. And Shell Williams. Does that make sense? That sounds about right. She was the real Mrs. Heath Ledger, was she not, for a while? Or were they now not together, the and then they did they get married after that movie? Did they, like, fall in love? You know, so many times actors and actresses fall in love in movie sets. Maybe that was the one. She thought he was unavailable, and she got him. I don't know. Kind of. I'd like to know the uh, percentage of actors who fall in love on movie sets versus uh, the number of actors who just pair off and hook up on movie sets and never see each other again. That's a good point. I'll too. bet that's in the vast silent majority. That's that's my official position. Gotcha. <laughs> Have you ever been awakened by an owl outside your bedroom? Have you ever had an owl disturb your sleep? This happened to me since we last saw each other. No. In Minnesota, who, you know, who, Minnesota's who, got a all the freaking night long. And I, and I I thought it might be because, like, a cat in heat. Has a cat in heat outside your bedroom window kept you awake? No, a lot of howling animals like dogs or coyotes, yeah. but nothing, or wolves, Both I guess. Both have happened to me with the owl. I turned to the partner and I said, if this owl is making that sound because he wants to be filleted, I'm ready to go out there and fillet him right now if it'll shut his ass up wow. so I so can we... get some sleep. When he said who, you said me. I got it. Just get okay. a towel ready. Just get a towel ready when I get back because I'm going to need to uh, towel off. And then, well, like with the cat, that was in Gem Lake across 61 from White Bear Lake. Yeah, I remember. And the cat outside was just, oh my God. It's such a bad way. Somebody fuck me. And I turned to the then partner and I said, I'm going to get a number two pencil. And I'm going to go uh, grab that cat by the scruff of its neck and oh, pencil fuck it to oh. death. But, and then send it on its way. Because I have got to get some sleep. I've got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to deal with El Gratke. <laughs> I'm going to call Actually, the humane. This, is, is there this a, was during the KSTP years. You, you, is there a statute of limitations a, with the humane society? You were society? just a, a glimmer in your father's eye at that time. Mm, I guess you're right. Statute of limitations would have run out on that. Yeah. yeah. I often wonder where that cat is, and I hope it's pushing up daisies well, because it was really annoying. They have nine you know, lives. If, if you're going to wind up without an old man, uh, when, when nature calls, you know, in the middle of the month, who do you have to blame but yourself? <laughs> I would ask that of cats, and I would ask that of human beings. <laughs> don't, don't come crying to me. If you wind up in heat with nothing to, you know, I'll I'll uh, uh, refer you to my uh, aunt in uh, Texas, uh, Gwenelle, my mother's sister. She's the one I told you about with with the 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 room full of a broad range of entertainment going on, the glow of the Fox News, the goblet of red wine, the uh, expandable tackle box full of vibrators. And the oxygen kit mask, like Frank Booth in blue, <laughs> in blue velvet. That is every night at Gwinnell's house. That's what goes on. Every Fogging up the uh, oxygen mask to Sean Hannity, his mouth or whatever. I don't know what she's the. Uh, I don't know what she's attracted to on him. Ooh. And she's got the number nine, you know, uh, going. The number nine. <laughs> whatever. 
That's I have to believe they have numbers and names just like Ferraris. And uh, and then the shout out to Pop. Uh, huh? What? Golf clubs. You know, take out the number nine. The pitching oh, yeah. wedge. Yeah, the, the lob wedge. <laughs> the putter. Did I tell you that uh, I heard from Terry Knight recently? Terry Knight. From, from what was that? Uh, KSTP and other radio stations and yeah. also Channel 4 in the morning. She was a traffic person. Remember that? Yeah, where where is she now? Where is she now? Uh, she is, it, according to her LinkedIn page, she is a comedian now. Huh. Did I tell you I also heard speaking of comedians? I heard from uh, Fancy Ray McCloning. Yes, you did tell me that the man who uh, who nicknamed me the Vanilla Talksicle, <laughs> and he still he still seems to be very proud of that. He says, "Do people still call you that?" I said, "Oh hell yes, Ray." I used they to call book me a him. lot of things, but Vanilla Talksicle is one of them. Yes, I used to book him on a lot of shows, whether it was with Ruth or what have you back at the, in the WCCO days, and I could never figure out why. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you couldn't figure out why? I don't know. There wasn't. He was kind of funny, kind of outrageous, but I thought really I thought he was in the Little Richard mold. He was uh, black and flamboyant and yeah. just you know full of life. He was like a black Rip Taylor. You remember Rip Taylor? <laughs> Yes. Who would who would come onto the Mike Douglas set throwing his sequins and shit? Yeah. Just in love with life. I guess that's the kind of person you want to be next to when the big lightning bolt hits. Yeah, I guess. I guess that does come across on radio. I mean, you're not going to see the glitter being thrown, but you know, you can imagine it. I guess. You're right, though. Fancy race act would have lost a little something <laughs> in the strictly audio medium, because he was, you know, he was performative, as they say these days. Right. He was flamboyant. And and I know people who thought Ray was, you know. Right. You know? Oh, wait. You know, now what? I, I remember seeing him at a wedding. A friend of ours got married. We went and he there was this extravagant looking black man in like a, you know, he had the suit coat with the fur collar, that type of thing. And I wearing the backwards hat. And I was like, who is that guy? Looks familiar. Oh, that's fancy Ray McClowney. Oh, yeah. Who knows? He gets around still. Also from that era of Twin Cities Entertainment, I guess you know there's a uh, documentary headed your way uh, centering on uh, Mike Veck, formerly of the St. Paul Saints. I heard that. You familiar I, with I, that? Yeah, I, I did hear about that. I'm excited. How When is it supposed to come out? Any idea? I would think for the next month or two it's coming to L.A., usually to one of the Lemley Theaters. Speaking of documentaries, um, sports documentaries, I'm guessing you're not one of your nevers is welcome to Wrexham, the thing with Ryan Reynolds on uh, Hulu. Can't get into it. That reminds me, I have a new never. Okay. Her name is Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> I don't know. She's kind of cute. Come on. Oh, she is cute. But I'm just telling you, anything that is popular on that scale, I don't want to have anything to do with. Mm -hmm. You know my exceptions, Beatles, Seinfeld. Everybody else out of the room. I don't need I, your fans around me. Okay. You're not well, my guru. Never, you to, never. Um, you, need I, to, you need to hand this to the car wash professional at the end of the hall and have an A one day. <laughs> That's what you need always, to do. I always think it's funny. Back in the day, you was, you used to, when your kids were little, you would go to movies that you like could get a good nap in. That's how you would rate the the kids' movie is if you were able to get a sleep sleep through it, the kid wouldn't bother you. 
you'll be fine. I wish I could remember what that Adam Sandler movie was where I woke up from the nap and he had a rodent of some kind on his head. It was that And people were laughing uproariously. Was it Click? No, it was something with wishes where the he got like several, the kids got wishes or something that ranged jelly beans. I don't know what it was, but I know it was my greatest napping achievement. I woke up from an hour nap to see Adam Sandler with the thing on his head. And what did I do? I went back to sleep. That's just, I could not do that today. That was when I was really in my napping prime. Most people would look at that scene and say, how did that rodent get on his head? How did we get to this point in the movie where that would happen? Not you. You went right back to sleep, rolled right over and went to sleep. It was, uh, you know, I took a lot of bullets for that family, taking those children to Fievel Goes West and, <laughs> you know, goddamn Adam Sandler movies. And I know this is before Pixar. Oh, you, you even... well, what, what about ones that you took your children to? I'll well, bet you had a great time there, didn't you? I, I was thinking the reason I was comparing it is because back in the day it was more TV and all the TV shows, the Disney shows of you know whether i don't know how to even describe but I, the, the reason i brought it up is because the the singer that you just brought up um olivia the, rodrigo olivia rodrigo was in a disney show called bizarre Vark or something i and yeah. i remember the kids watching it and thought she's very cute and thinking like because yeah. ariana grande is the same way you know who ariana grande is right i do and she's another never <laughs> But I, I just thought she was in one of those kids shows that I watched with the kids. And I know it's wrong, but I thought, gosh, she's very cute. You know what? I might have listened to an Ariana Grande song, uh, except for two things. Didn't she used to go to bed uh, briefly with uh, Pete Jacobson? She did, yes. Briefly. Okay. And then also, I think I saw it's footage, unless I dreamed this, of her swiping the icing off a, a cake in a cafeteria or something and and licking it off her finger. That also put me off. Sometimes the things that celebrities do, they put me off and I don't want to go near them, even as a fan or not a fan. Um, Did you all hear about the latest celebrity coupling? Taylor Swift and uh, uh, Travis Kelsey from Kansas City Chiefs. This goes back to being uh, bilingual. You might as well be speaking another language to me right now, which I don't understand. You say the word Taylor Swift to me, I want to say... Sorry, no speaky ingy. Never. No speaky swifty. No, okay. No. Um, I want to end the podcast on a, uh, a note, uh, but a fun note, I think, uh, having to do with uh, violence. You'll notice that I said, have an A one day. That's right out of uh, Breaking Bad, the car wash. And um, I'm now three episodes away from the end of the series. Wow. Uh, the the lack of Ermin Trout and Gus Fring uh, have have left me with only Bob Odenkirk to look forward to seeing, but it forces me to watch all the scenes in each episode. Okay, I have never ever seen anything as violent in the televised medium as the elimination of the imprisoned Ermin Trout Nine by poking holes in them with the little shivs and setting them ablaze with gasoline. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, it was almost like a vaguely, Godfather, Godfather, end of Godfather one type monologue yeah, where all right. the murders happened while he was seeing to the christening of the baby. Right. Don't you think that was I, kind I, of reminiscent of that? I think there's a lot of things out there, but yeah, that was very reminiscent of Godfather. I'm so glad that, that you guys unofficially as a team basically compelled me uh, through peer pressure or whatever it was, alcohol, I don't know, 
to see Breaking Bad because uh, I'm really going to miss it when it's over. Uh, but I hope to have an A1 day. Well, sub article sub, sub article A to this topic. I've told you this before that if you find out that I have a gun, I don't have one. But if you found out that I did, one of two things has happened: someone has just been shot, or someone is about to be shot. This was proved this past Saturday when I came out of the Monica Theater in Santa Monica on Second Street, seeing Theater Camp with little Molly Gordon of The Bear. It's very clever, fast and funny. I would recommend it. And I'm walking back to my car with the partner on an otherwise unpopulated sidewalk. And what I realized that at my age, I walk slowly. I don't walk as fast as the, as the Gen Z and the millennials around me. But what kind of effort does one have to go to to walk so closely behind me that you clip my heel? I wheeled. I swung around to confront my attacker. And as you might expect, it was a clueless Gen Z. I could have decked him. If I had had a gun, he'd be dead and I'd be in prison right now. And my grandchildren would be very disappointed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that something. That's how crazy. I want to get along with my fellow man, but my fellow men of a certain age range just do not respect that's... Uh, my butt, as uh, Bob Seger uh, said in a song long ago. Yeah. Uh, they don't like how slowly I strut. They do not respect my butt. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> on that note, Bob Seger saying, have an A1 day. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.